everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of I'm Socially Distancing With. Um, today we are joined by Manchester-based poet Ella Otto-Miwo. Welcome, hello. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good, a little tired but like good, happy, excited, happy to be sitting on my bed now and like not moving around. Yeah. <laughs> How I, are you I, doing? I'm very well, thank you. Sitting in my comfy office chair, uh, and very excited for uh, this this session. And we're also joined by Z, who will be uh, doing the interview today. How are you, Z? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. I'm chill. <laughs> loving, loving the chill vibes. Um, so for any new listeners, uh, yes, my name is Jack. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, uh, and I'm a youth worker at the Kite Trust, which is an LGBTQ plus organisation that supports LGBTQ plus young people up to the ages of 25 in Cambridgeshire. Um, so what's going to happen is we're going to have like a 34 minute chit chat, or Z's going to have a 34 minute chit chat with Ella, um, and then we'll open it to the floor to some questions that may come in via email. Um, so without further ado, I'll hand it over to Z. Oh, all right. <clears throat> I'm bottling my throat one. Um, <laughs> cool. So I am Z. My pronouns are they, them. And um, yeah, I'm based on Cambridge at the moment. Um, so Ella, for those who might not know, could you tell us a bit about yourself and what you kind of do? Yeah, um, I'm Ella Otomilo. I use she, her pronouns. Um, and I'm a poet, I guess, is like the the simplest way to say it. Um, I do a lot of kind of spoken word and performance. I really love um, running creative writing workshops. Um, this afternoon I've been working with a company called Art With Heart and myself and a few other artists have been calling up old people um, and we're going to do this for about a month every week and just kind of get to know them and chat um, and then at the end of that we're going to write a creative response and write some poetry um, about the experience. So yeah, anything to do with poetry or performance is kind of my jam. <laughs> Any random old people or do you have a list? Um, I, yeah, I've been given I've been given a list. <laughs> so it's like the same <laughs> every week and we kind of build a, a relationship. Yeah, I don't just kind of type in numbers and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really nice. I'm kind of starting up these like friendships with people and we've never seen each other which is quite strange so I like now recognize like their voices and we're getting to know each other but we've never met um yeah it, yeah it's cool I'm enjoying it and uh sometimes we ask a goofy question to begin with so mm -hmm. what uh if you're a biscuit what kind of biscuit would you be Ooh, I feel like my mind went straight to the ginger nut which I think is like classic, crunchy, good color. There's like, it's almost a bit of spice. Like, I'm not gonna say that ginger is spicy, but there's like, in comparison to the other biscuits, I feel like there's a bit of spice in there. Um, yeah, the ginger nut. <laughs> what would yours be? Um, it'd probably be like a white chocolate covered Oreo or something like that. Ooh, luxurious, nice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good choice. Uh, cool. So, how much would you say the parts of your work line up with parts of your identity? Hmm. I think poetry is when you're kind of writing. I think it's such a personal art form. Do you know what I mean? Often it's like me on a stage. I'm not in costume. Um, 
I'm reciting my own words, do you know what I mean? And often, even if I'm not writing about identity, because I'm, like, performing my work, people can see me, I'm automatically, like, you know, it's automatically, like, this is a black woman on stage. Um, people could maybe, can or cannot tell that I'm queer. So I feel like already even my voice as well kind of influences it if it's not just the written word, if it's spoken word. So I kind of feel very tied up with my work. Um, yeah, and like I do I do write about identity um, and kind of being mixed race and being queer and like being black and British. But even when I'm not writing explicitly, I feel like, yeah, poetry and spoken word is such a like personal art form that, um, yeah, I really feel quite attached to all of my work. Like I feel quite like I'm in it in, yeah, it's interesting. Okay, and how do you kind of do writing just for yourself as well? Like how's the process it then being on stage to the personal side? Yeah, I definitely try and write for myself as well. Because I think otherwise it would take the love out of it, you know? Like commissions are really cool and kind of being asked to write about something I would never consider writing about. But to keep to keep poetry alive for me, I sort of have to write myself as well and also to have the freedom to write bad poetry like sometimes you've got to write something really cheesy and rubbish loads of rhythm and rhyme or whatever else like makes you feel good like so yeah I have a lot of really bad poems that no one's heard maybe some bad poems that people have heard and that's fine as well but yeah I've started um with my friend Damani, we'll like call each other up in the morning and tell each other our dreams or we'll like type them up um, and send them to each other. And like, that's been really, really kind of fun and insightful as well. Yeah. It sounds like it kind of like a nice safe space. Yeah. And to like, yeah, like I was saying about writing bad poetry, like just saying like really bizarre things. I'll kind of wake up in the morning and get my like, either I'll type or voice note and be like, okay, I just had this, like, really strange dream, and there was, like, the sea, and then there was a church, and I think I was in a wedding dress, and then, like, my aunt was there, and, like, to, yeah, allow yourself to be, like, creative and silly and bizarre and kind of let let go of that a little bit. It's been really nice. Um, so people talk a lot about self-care, but community care and taking care of each other is all. Do you have any tips or ideas or things that you do in practice about how self-care I think for me, self-care is, like, really boring. Um, I'm so good at, like, baths and bath bombs. I've got down, like, the kind of commercial self-care. But for me, a self-care day would be, like, waking up at a reasonable time, writing a to-do list, like, checking all of my emails, doing all of, like, the admin tasks that I've been putting off, like, maybe a little bit of meal prep, or like calling up the doctors, just like super simple, seemingly boring things to kind of look after myself. And then from there is when you can start. Yeah, the, the community can, supporting other people. Because you have to have boundaries, you know? And that doesn't have to be about being selfish. When you have boundaries, you know kind of how much you can give. And like, that's really important. But yeah, boring self-care, I think, is like a massive one. All that life admin like yeah that's the kind of thing that I really really do on a self-care day and um how was writing like a big part of 
you kind of understanding the queer identity and things like that is that what helped or yeah how did you kind of come to understand your queerness hmm writing was definitely tied up with it trying to think now like what came first the queer or the poet like I don't know (laughs) um yeah I think like I was saying because it's so it's such a personal thing and obviously when I'm when I'm performing um a kind of personal piece it's still what I've kind of chosen to share um with people and there's a lot of poetry that I don't share and as more almost like a a diary entry or me kind of working through my thoughts which is like super helpful as well but actually poetry is quite queer which is really nice like the I feel like the poetry community and the queer community overlap um, in a beautiful Venn diagram that I sit in the middle of Um, and so that's been really nice for kind of meeting different different people and being in a space where people feel so free to share like I've been amazed at the different poems that I've heard at open mic nights and like you know the kind of tiny backs of pubs or little tiny rooms and libraries and stuff and yeah it's definitely kind of I don't know which I'm trying to think now which one came which love came first but there's definitely like always been an overlap for me I'm just going to close my window sorry (laughs) sorry there's a breeze there we go Um, and so how did you kind of start kind of writing and things like this and doing that on your own and then kind of you know performing and um, things like that how was that journey um I started writing I think I'd always been writing little stories and things but for like specifically performing poetry I think when I was about 17 or so when I was living in Birmingham um a great company called Beat Freaks. I think they're still running like poetry jams and that kind of thing. And I would go to the open mic nights. Um, I think they were free as well, which is amazing. Um, and kind of listening to other people and then building up the courage to perform by myself. But it took a long time of just going to open mic nights and performing for free and like consuming as much poetry as possible. Um, yeah, it took a while before people. <laughs> started paying me for it and I was like oh this could be like my job this is something that I could do like full time and and keep pushing at. Is there any poets that you're really into? Yeah definitely I really love um Jasmine Gardosi who is a, a Birmingham poet just like has the most amazing stage presence like so fun so much energy like brings so much character to like all performances like yeah super super great also Jackie Kay um I've always been like a really big big fan of and I've like got some of her um novels as well actually which are like still have that kind of poetic um tinge to it but often like so many of my friends I'm just really in awe of um yeah one of my yeah best friends Damani is just the most incredible performer again like really lyrical and clever and he raps and sings and that really influences the poetry um yeah in like quite a special way do you find like a lot of your kind of inspirations are very local um what in in people or like in the Um, stuff 
people that you're inspired by things that you know direct yeah i think that's true actually because i i still want to like i said earlier about kind of consuming as much poetry as possible and even if i don't if i feel like i go through a phase of like not reading enough i'm still listening or like when we could go to poetry nights would like go to a lot of poetry nights and like that was really yeah important for me kind of supporting my peers and then being supported and having friends who I can like send poems to and get like real advice and criticism and yeah I think that's like quite important to sort of but yeah the people that you surround yourself with um and what would your advice be to get into to get into get into poetry apart from writing (laughs) Um, I think it would be to try and, hmm, I want to say perform, but maybe don't even think of it as performing, but to, to share your work with people as much as possible to get over that, that fear a little bit. I still get nervous for when I'm about to perform, even though I've done it hundreds of times, but just knowing that that's okay and to kind of take that and run with it. Um, but yeah, I think if you, if you want to be a writer write and, and share it with people um yeah with people who are kind of at your level with people you are really kind of looking up to um yeah i would say share your work as much as possible go to open mic nights there are loads of free nights as well which is really cool or like pay what you feel um yeah consume poetry write it share it yeah make it a, a part of your life and how do you choose uh, what to share and what? Um, I think often I know kind of instinctively. Sometimes when I'm I'm writing, I have to kind of stop myself because I know that I'm writing for an audience and I, I don't want to do that. And it's kind of hard, you know, you'll listen to like some button poetry on YouTube or whatever and you hear this flow and it's amazing and you kind of want to copy it and get into that, and which can be fun, but sometimes I find myself writing or even like not being able to write because I think oh someone heard that like they just wouldn't they just wouldn't get it that sounds so cheesy um and so yeah I do have to kind of stop myself while I'm writing stop myself like thinking about a reader or an audience and kind of get it get it out there out there as in like on the page um but I, I feel like I know pretty instinctively like what is what is for me and then what is something that I think is important to share yeah and um if you could talk to a younger version of yourself right now what age would that be and what advice would i think uh, i would tell her to keep a diary i would want to go back like every year and be like keep on that journal um because yeah i my dad is moving out of um the house we grew up in and we got rid of loads of stuff and i don't have any of my childhood diaries and i know that they were so good and not good as in like well written just good as in like funny and stories that I've probably forgotten now um yeah I would tell her to like keep a diary and then keep it safe and don't get rid of them because they're cringy because you'll like want to look back um and also I think I would say to feel like comforted in your uniqueness and like comforted in like your difference and to embrace that oh yeah I think that's something I would have needed to hear earlier how have you um I think it's a lot through my friends 
I'm really lucky in the kind of support networks that I have and the friendships that I have. Um, yeah, not being afraid to kind of ask for help and lean on other people. I think that's so important. I've realized, especially in lockdown, that I'm such an extrovert and that other people are so important to me and to my growth. Um, so yeah, I think having a support network is just like such a, a privilege to be, you know, around the people that I am and to have the friends that I have, like, it's been a major help for me. And um, do you have any kind of like rituals to get you into writing, to kind of get you in? Um, I don't know if I do. I, I feel like I should do. I want to be more disciplined. I don't know if I am. Often it's that some a line has come to me and I just had to write it down immediately. Otherwise, I forget. Um, if I'm, say, if I have like a, a commission and I kind of have to sit down, I have to clear my desk because my room is a complete mess and I'm quite a chaotic person. And so I need to create some sort of calm around me. But that's a, a bit of an exception. Like really, it's completely random and something comes to me and I have to write it down really quickly and just kind of go with that thought and see where it takes me. But now that you said that, I'm like, oh, you should maybe get get a ritual or something. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I do. <laughs> cool. I think clearing the dust is kind of like well, maybe mm. work. Yeah, we can um, hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, do you want to talk about the, maybe like the kind of communities in the places that you are that like um, that you're part of? That you kind of need to be a part of. Part of? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I live in a queer housing co-op, uh, which is amazing. I've been here for three years. Um, yeah, I feel really lucky to live here in a place where we're building a kind of intentional community together um, and learning how to live with people who are different from me. And we're kind of looking after this big house that's kind of falling down, but we're working through it. Um, that's been yeah really special especially now kind of living with so many people and having different people to talk to and different energies has been really good um the poetry community as well in manchester places like young identity has been amazing um i'm also a quaker so i've been going to online quaker meetings for worship which has been really like really important for my mental health to have a, a spiritual space and to be held in that way I really love being kind of part of a, a faith group because it means that I'm friends with people of completely different ages like you know kind of from children and teenagers to up to people in their like 70s and 80s um yeah and that's kind of interesting being like a queer person who has faith but um I've just really settled into that community um in a really special way um what are three bits of content could be anything that you have been enjoying mm. do you know alanis morissette mm. yeah i've been so there's one of my favorite albums <laughs> is jagged little pearl and i've been listening to honestly like a couple times a week it's got me through quarantine i'm like i'm singing it in the bath and um, listening to it while I'm like cleaning the kitchen 
I've laid on my floor and cried listening to this album. Um, I think it's kind of nostalgic. I think my dad had it on our like Windows media player on the big computer in the living room when I was a kid and I would listen to it um, and I still love it. So that album. <laughs> also, The Midnight Gospel. Uh, it's this Netflix show. It's amazing. It's kind of like... Um, it's like a podcast, um, this kind of existential podcast, but it's uh, a cartoon as well. So you're watching all these like really trippy visuals. It's the same uh, people who made Adventure Time. So it's kind of a, a similar, strange, trippy vibe. Um, yeah, and then the characters just have these amazing conversations about like life and death and meditation. And yeah, I've been really, really loving that is it three things you wanted mm. i feel like the most like easy watching is this really gorgeous youtuber um called jessica kelgan fozard um and she lives with her wife and her dogs in brighton and they just have these really lovely wholesome videos um and sometimes they're like cooking or she talks a lot about um, disability and deafness and queerness um, and that's been like super comforting <laughs> while I've been in lockdown to just watch these like super cute lesbian couple just like bake things <laughs> it's been really oh, nice oh, yeah would recommend and do you have any favorite queer icon um yeah I mentioned uh Jackie Kay earlier I'm a really really big fan of her and kind of what the way that she writes about identity um she's mixed race as well so that was something that yeah has been quite special kind of reading her work um i remember once going to one of her readings um and she's scottish and has got this like gorgeous scottish accent and will sometimes write uh in like dialect yeah and once she kind of she stood up she's ready to perform this piece and she was like some of this um is not in english and you're not, so you're not going to understand it all, but that's life. Um, and it was great. And she was just so, yeah, kind of funny and cool about it. And I was like, yeah, that is life. Sometimes you don't understand everything, but you just, you just had to go with it. And it was a gorgeous poem and I didn't understand all of it. And yeah, I think she's great. I remember there was a, um, a play based on, uh, the novel that she'd written about her life. And there was a, a line in it about her thinking that she was the only black lesbian in the world and then learning that she wasn't and how amazing that that was. And I remember sitting there in the audience like, oh my gosh, yeah, I used to think that. And now I'm like, I have this really beautiful community around me and like really kind of remembering that feeling. And yeah, Jackie Kay is, is great. I really love her. You check out some of her stuff. What are you doing uh, other than the kind of like the album thing? Anything else you're kind of doing at the moment or projects you got lined up? Yeah, um, I've just sent in uh, a poem to, there's a theatre in Manchester called Home um, and they have uh, have a commission on called Homemakers where artists have been making work at home uh, for audiences at home. Um, so I've got something coming up on their website. Um, I've also started a tech course actually. Um, I was inspired by Flashdance uh, where the character is a welder and a dancer and I was like oh maybe I should be like an engineer and a poet 
So that's something that I've spontaneously <laughs> um, decided to do. Um, but yeah, kind of working with young identity, particularly, um, yeah, great, like Manchester Collective and doing stuff with them. And, um, I mean, actually, I was interested. What would you say are the main themes about um, the main themes in your writing, or do you, do you have kind of set themes that pop out? Um, I really try not to actually, because um, yeah, when I when I write, I want it to just be about. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess I, I try and, I'm trying to like, I've got like all my poems in my head, just like running through all the themes. I think I write a lot about women and I write a lot about Manchester. Um, but yeah, really, I try to not be too tied down. I want to be writing for the rest of my life. You know, I want to always um, express myself creatively and be able to communicate with other people. Um so yeah, I try really hard to not be too set um, as the poet that writes about this. Um, yeah. But yeah, there are, there are some themes that I that I will fall into, but I try not to. Well, thank you. Thank you. This has been really lovely. Thank you. Thanks, Z. You've done a, a brilliant job. And some really great questions there. Um, and I've got yeah. a few that have been emailed in, and also a few of my yeah. own that have like, cropped up. Um, so something I was interested in is uh, has your creative process changed whilst during lockdown? Like you mentioned how you don't really have a ritual, but has just your general process of writing changed during this this time? Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I really used to love to do was attend workshops. Um, even though I will like run them as well, I feel like it's always good to be humble and I'm always going to be learning and like, going and attending workshops like creative writing workshops was so important to me because you can read your work and listen to others and get like this immediate response and critique from like other writers um and although there have there has been like online stuff I haven't been able to do that as much for one month I tried to get myself to write a poem every day which is really good um because having a deadline obviously is great but also it meant that even if I thought I had nothing to write about or I thought it wasn't very good. I did it anyway. Um, and that was really good. Um, but of course with this with lockdown, I kind of lost momentum after a month. Um, but I'm going to try and get back into it actually. Cause that was, yeah, that was really good. But yeah, dreams writing early in the morning. Um, some people call it like a brain dump or mind dump or whatever. As soon as I get up, I'll just try and get something on the page like sometimes it's kind of getting over the fear of like having a blank page and thinking you have nothing to write about so i kind of have to trick myself into writing and then i find that i have like more to say yeah it's always tricky getting over that first step that first hurdle yeah yeah page. awesome and uh have you um with performing as well do you have mm. like a rich build up that confidence because like you said it can be really daunting standing on stage with mike reciting your own words Do yeah, you have like yeah. A little or in your head like a this time i'm going to build myself up to, to do it um yeah because you know i definitely still do get a little bit nervous when i'm going on stage but i kind of that's like a it's very i've realized it's very much like a physical anxiety and i i do have to like tell myself like you're feeling physically nervous but that's okay and that's adrenaline and it gives you like 
I kind of I tell myself it's giving me the energy to perform um, and that's really helpful often though, I will try and clear my head I don't really want to talk to people before a performance sometimes I'll sit um, I'll either want to be sitting really still and focus or I'll like jog a little bit it really depends on the feeling but if I want to I feel like I want to either release uh, like that anxiety then I'll kind of like move around or stretch um, but yeah I do like to clear my mind and remind myself that the anxiety I'm feeling is just physical and that I'm okay and that I'm going to be okay and then usually by the time I'm on stage I feel relaxed and happy and I'm kind of in my element. Yeah I think it's great like pointing out that the physical anxiety I think a lot of the time we try mm-hmm. and hide it away but sometimes you just gotta you just gotta point the finger at it and be like this is happening but that's fine. yeah like yeah absolutely yeah i just gotta be like i'm feeling really nervous and that's okay because going on stage is a bit scary but it's gonna be fine like i really had to yeah talk to myself in a really simple and calm way Awesome, awesome. So I've got a question that's been uh, emailed in, um, and also Z, feel free to like chip in also if there's any more questions. Um, so someone uh, has emailed, uh, if, there was a, if there was a poem or a book that you wish you could have written, what would that have been? Hmm. Ooh, I like that question. I think uh, Joelle Taylor, now am I gonna, Songs My Enemy Taught Me is just really really beautiful um i've heard her like perform it a couple of times um yeah and i've I've got the book as well and that's just a really like powerful sometimes dark um yeah really special book and every time i read it i'm just kind of hit with with these pieces like yeah they're amazing i think she's so talented so yeah joelle taylor's mm. <laughs> definitely adding all of these to my reading list now like it's just oh my getting, God. yeah do do just getting longer um and another question we've had is uh when um so for people who have heard of poetry before normally they do it in school um how yeah. would you convince people to give poetry a chance um especially if they've had a bad experience at school or just they've never really connected with it before um yeah any sort of tips on how to yeah get that passion for poetry yeah i would say if you didn't like if yeah if you didn't like any of the poetry that you've read at school like that's that's okay like that's literary criticism like (laughs) that's totally fine because it's such a small but given such a kind of tiny representation of like what poetry is and what it can be and if you don't like the stuff you've written like the stuff that you've read sorry like that's fine there's so much more out there i think I'd encourage people to listen to poetry if you like struggle with reading um that's okay like that's not the only way um to like consume poetry um yeah listen to it if you like rap rhythm and poetry is that's it like you like poetry um but yeah I would say if you don't like the stuff you've heard already that's that's fine there's so much more out there if you can go to like a poetry night in the city um do that because there's some really yeah really like special performers out there and so many different performers as well and what was what was the first do you remember the first poem that got you really involved in poetry or 
that that one bit of literature that made you think actually i really want to get involved with this mm, i don't know if i do actually but i think for me it wasn't a poem that i'd like read in school it was just randomly turning up to um a poetry night in birmingham and listening it would have been like listening to a local poet um probably someone who was like my age at the time um probably someone with a brummy accent like um yeah so for me it was actually being physically at a poetry night and having a poet in front of me reading their work but i can't remember an exact one um but yeah i think it was live poetry that actually like got me into into writing that's a really good tip and yeah i think a lot of us forget that poetry is supposed to be performed and voiced out rather than read yeah the spoken word mm -hmm. completely um awesome uh do you have any key times or places that you felt really helped you to understand your identity and whether that be your identity as a queer person or as a poet um yeah yeah i remember um so when i moved to to manchester or i actually moved to salford for uni um and yeah i went to uni i was studying english and drama and i kind of thought okay i'm gonna join one society or sports team just to kind of get me out of my like course bubble um so i was like walking through the freshers fair and then i bumped into the women's rugby team um i guess you think you know where this is going um and i joined the team and it was mainly queer women and i just never in my life been surrounded by like so many queer women who were just so open and happy with who they were um yeah and that was really special and turned out that i can play rugby um and that was really cool so that was yeah that's quite special actually um and surprising and not really like me but it was a really kind of good place to start to get to know my queerness um and then also a couple of years ago i went to nigeria for the first time um half my family are a nigerian and we went for my granddad's funeral and we went to the village as well we did visit kind of lagos and like a big city but yeah my surname uh otomo um we went to otomo village where my granddad uh was from and was born and grew up and that was it was incredible like kind of i was chatting to someone and they were like this is your this is your home this is where your ancestors are from like the soil here is sacred like it was really special it also taught me how british i am though um and that was quite a strange feeling kind of being in this place and feeling like i belonged but also didn't belong um yeah and that whole experience was like really really important and yeah i want to go back <laughs> that was really beautiful as well like thanks for sharing that because i think yeah that's such a that is like a really special moment um yeah it was yeah so what was a big challenge for you um 10 years ago and do you think you've overcome that challenge uh, and if so how mm, a challenge from 10 years ago yeah okay i'm trying to think what what was what was teenage me struggling with probably a lot i feel like i had a lot of feelings um and still do do you know what i think i cry a lot more now as an adult than i did as a teenager um because i'm not ashamed 
of that and like yeah I think kind of being letting go of a little bit of of shame um around kind of my emotions and how I feel about myself um so yeah it sounds kind of strange to say that I cry more but actually that's really good um and that's like how I kind of deal with with how I'm feeling and I'm so much more calm now and I kind of understand my feelings a lot more um and understand myself a little bit more yeah that's yeah that's it it's interesting how we sort of allow ourselves now to cry like as we yeah that's it that's it yeah allowing yourself and and Mm. it's strange how yeah even as kids like it feels we should cry (laughs) like like that's what we should be doing um and sort of related to that sort of sense of challenge um has there been through your work has there been challenges that have come up that you weren't expecting to come up so when maybe you're writing a piece something a challenge came up you're like oh i didn't expect this to happen or whether you were um yeah running workshops or sort of emerging into sort of your local poetry scene were there any challenges that just sort of happened um i think one of the challenges of like of being a poet it's it sounds so kind of strange i guess because i feel so like lucky and privileged as well that um my job is something that I love and adore and know that I want to be doing for the rest of my life um but then also one of the challenges like is balancing that um I'm always thinking about poetry and I want to write poems for my girlfriend and I want to write poems for my friends and I want to write poems about how I'm feeling but I also have to write poems to pay my bills Mm um and yeah, I'm kind of still working through that. Like it's it's hard to get a kind of a balance um, in your life, and also feeling kind of guilty. Like, oh, but I'm so lucky. I'm like a living, working poet. Um, so yeah, kind of balancing living the dream. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not something I expected. Oh no! Maybe I should listen to my dad and become a lawyer. Like. <laughs> <you know? laughs> You all have those moments where like, oh, maybe I should have just been a mechanic, or maybe I should have just done this rather than jumping yeah. into the world. And I guess it goes back to what you were saying earlier about, yeah, writing poetry because you want to, and also because it's your job, and yeah, yeah. The, the two are, sometimes can't be separated at all. Mm-hmm. Mm. Awesome. Um, so here, here's a question we've sort of been asking uh, people. Uh, how do you deal with the haters? Um, what's like, hopefully you don't get any haters, but um, how how do you deal with them or do you not deal with them? Um, what would you have any tips? Um, I think kind of not taking myself too seriously. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like, yeah, being a, a, saying that you're a poet sounds really like highbrow um, and academic maybe. So allowing myself to, yeah, write really silly poems or poems that are maybe really crap or just, I don't know, if I think I had a bad performance, just being like, oh, yeah, that was a bit, like, that wasn't my best and that's okay. I can kind of laugh about it. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is hard because I guess like I was saying, it's kind of tied to my identity and it's kind of personal. It's something that I love, but just take humbling myself taking myself down a notch and being like look Ella you write rhymes for some reason people pay you for it do you know what I mean you're not like out here curing cancer um so yeah like not taking myself 
too seriously so that when other people are I'm like yeah you're right maybe it wasn't very good that's fine <laughs> but it's also just taking that ownership and being like yeah you know yeah I'm, yeah exactly holding when things aren't right or aren't quite perfect or could have been better um i think that's mm-hmm. a really hard lesson to learn and it sounds like you've got yeah. it like pretty nailed down to a t i hope so <laughs> <laughs> awesome. um and also, um, oh, where's the where's the questions? Oh, there um, so another one that sort of come in is um, how powerful to you is spoken word? If you could describe how powerful it is to you. Oh man, yeah. I wish that I could encourage more people um, to to take part and to write and to kind of take, like you said about ownership, like taking ownership of of your words and knowing that what you have to say is important and that people will listen like yeah as a like a teen girl like that was amazing for me it was really kind of transformational that I could stand up in front of an audience and read something that I'd written and that people would like look at me and listen to me um and take that in and could relate to that um yeah it's incredibly powerful I think everyone should try it like everyone has something important to say or something beautiful to say um yeah i think it's a really special special art form that's like not given enough credit sometimes i still kind of see that spoken word in comparison to say like the written words like poetry that we get in, in collections and books and whatever spoken word is kind of looked down upon a little bit um which is complete rubbish i, I hate it's kind of changing a little bit but I don't mm. think I don't think we're there yet, and I think that's really sad. But mm. yeah, spoken word is incredible; it's really powerful. And sort of off the back of that, what do you hope is sort of the future for spoken word? Um, you sort of said how it's slowly sort of creeping into sort of being a bit more like acceptable. Uh, what do you think? What do you see for the future uh, for spoken word? I want spoken word to be looked upon in the same way that like music is do you know what i mean like just as mainstream but then also like i guess with the so many like underground like music scenes as well like i just want spoken word and poetry and performance to have that like yeah i mean it has it has the diversity but it doesn't quite have the what's the word that i'm looking for it's kind of just not as it's not looked upon as highly um, as other art forms. But yeah, I want it to be like music. I want there to be poetry channels. I want poets to like fill up stadiums, get paid loads of money. Like, you know, fan, fans just like, I want like Twitter accounts about your favorite poets. Um, yeah, mainstream poets, poets performing in tiny festival tents, like everything. That's <laughs> poetry. I'm what? Yeah, I don't just want a poetry tent. I want like a poetry festival with like a little music tent in the mm-hmm. background, like in one of the backfields. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes, this yes. I I like this future. This future sounds awesome. It can yeah. happen. It can happen. Yeah, yeah. Just takes the right, not even the right people. Just yeah, getting those uh, cogs in motion to make this sort. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, and so speaking of getting things sort of in motion, um, I've had an email from someone um, saying that they've got sort of 
like poetry work or sort of drafts and stuff and they're now wondering what the next step is for them so um if you want any tips for now now that they've written stuff and it's stashed away on their hard drive what could be their next step for bringing that work out into the world yeah it's about sharing your work in the way that you want to share it um so that can be sending it to friends um asking for critique if you feel okay with that um yeah if you want to perform a lot of spoken word and poetry nights and open mic nights are free or like pay as you feel um you could maybe if you feel comfortable email an organizer and say hey i'm a young person and i've written a poem um and i can't afford the ticket is there any way that you can help me out can i come along i think yeah from the people who run poetry nights i think that would be like totally totally doable um but yeah either send them to friends perform them have a look um for like submissions and things but yeah i think the important thing is just getting getting it out there like don't be yeah don't be afraid that's some, that's some great advice and yeah once it's sort of out there it has life i think a lot of yeah it has a life of its own yeah out from the hard drive into the real world um <laughs> So we've got a final few sort of questions. Um, yeah. so how can viewers follow you and find out more about your work? Um, and what is the most accessible for young people who may have limited funds or limited internet for accessing you? So luckily, I think, as far as I know, from my last Google search, I think I'm the only Ella Otomiro in the world. I'm definitely the only Ella Otomiro writing poetry. Um, so yeah, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, on Instagram, I, I'm not my name though. I'm Boyish Femme Poet. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, on YouTube as well, there are some videos. Um, like I said earlier, with the Home Theatre in Manchester, you can go on their website and they have loads of um, performances um, and poems. One of my poems is up there. Um, yeah, and that's a pay as you feel, um, and you can. You can watch all of the stuff on there for free uh, as well. Awesome. Um, and uh, is there a question that you feel we should have asked you but we didn't? Now is your time to... Oh, I don't know. Oh, this feels like at the end of the job interview where it's like... <laughs> yeah. questions you can ask. <laughs> a question that uh, I wish that you'd asked me. Oh my goodness, I'm so on the spot. You didn't ask me what I'd done with my hair, and it looks great. But you know, I, I guess it, this is a podcast. But you can you can see me on the video. So mm -hmm. <laughs> describe your hair. Do it. Just give the listeners uh, uh, a, a an audio representation of your hair. Okay, so <laughs> shoulder length, dark brown, almost black, kind of corkscrew curls. It's a three A, a if you know uh, hair type. A lot of volume today, which is kind of, kind of random. Just a bit of coconut oil in there in the morning, and it seems to have done the job. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm on like I'm narrator for some like um, Radio Four like drama. <laughs> yeah. We've done audiobook series, series uh, here on the Kite Trust. We're now doing audiobooks describing our. <laughs> Fabulous. And are there any final thoughts that you would like to leave us on um, for, for the season? Um, I would encourage everyone to write 
write some poetry. You don't have to share it, but if you do, I think that's amazing. Um, but yeah, especially right now, like I think it's just so important to know that you have something to say um, and you can say that in a creative way and that can be for yourself, it can be freeing and therapeutic, um, but it's likely that what you have to say is going to be important to somebody else. So yeah, and let's get that that Glastonbury version uh, of a poetry festival. Let's do it. Let's kick the singers out. Like, Pipe Jazz are going to sponsor it. Yes, this is, is, is going to be the best uh, poetry Glasto ever. I believe. I believe. <laughs> one music tent. Yeah, <laughs> just one, and then it's that feels. <laughs> Oh, Ella, it's been absolutely amazing, and thank you for coming along and talking to us. Also, a big thank you to Z for interviewing. It did an incredible job. Um, yes, thank you so much. It's been such a lovely evening. This has been really yeah, nice. Been nice. Any final thoughts, Z? Or are you are you amazed as I am about this great session? Yeah, I'm just really grateful. I think uh, I think people will get a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Ella, thank you so much. And hopefully you can come back. Like, it's been great. It's been so much yeah, fun. Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to. Thank you. This episode was brought to you thanks to sponsorship from Gilead.